This, this is Brock and Salk. Brock Ewart is my hero. Jay Buter just punched me in the kidney. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports. Oh, we're going to do you a minute. Don't really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name it's on it. Nice. It kind of does. Though. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen and Ballard. Now here are your hosts, Brock Ewart and Mike Salk. Hello. Yep, hello. Final hour today for Brock and Salk Seattle Sports on 710seattlesports.com. Pretty good ranked coming up at 945. Brock, I hope you're prepared for this. I know how much you missed ranked while you were gone last week. Moore was great. She really kind of jumped in, Justin, and, and she was out there thinking of songs, calling back in the Wayback Machine. It was uh, quite a performance by her. It just shows how she's faking it. versatile. It shows how much she actually likes ranked and how much it's really come to be a part of her daily thought process. She was like, oh, I can finally scratch this itch. Of, like, really diving all the way in instead yeah. of pretending like I hate this. Segment. Yeah, but she can keep pretending. It's fine. We'll allow that. <laughs> we're uh, we're trying to be very welcoming here, and if Maura wants to keep pretending, that's obviously fine with us as well. Um, I met someone at the fashion show that didn't like ranked, but okay. Go figure. Wow, that weird. seems like a obviously Plant. person. The- <laughs> no, no witnesses there to confirm this. <laughs> um, Brock, often during football season, we've done the things we think versus the things we know. Mm. Hard to do that right now because we don't know anything about this team. So here's a little variation on that. This is. Things we don't know versus things we think. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. I don't know who is going to play center, and I don't know who's going to play right guard for the team this year. But I think they're going to be able to run the ball with whomever it is. Mm -hmm. I don't know that that's going to be the deciding factor because I think that either Phil Haynes or Anthony Bradford is going to be able to move people. I think their center is going to be kind of smart enough to allow all the big guys around them to do the work. Mm-hmm. And I think their running game is going to improve from where it was last year. Yeah, and that's one of those positions. Again, when you talk about competition, there's competition there. Now, you love continuity on the O-line. You, you, you love the fact that three of those are certainly in place, if not with Phil in there at four. And, and a new voice at center, but I, I don't I don't mind that. I don't mind a little competition. I don't mind Phil Haynes and Damian knowing that this this big, unbelievable Goliath is coming in here as a rookie in Bradford that can move people, as you said. So if there's a spot to have a little bit of competition, I don't mind that it's there in the interior. Mm-hmm. Ideally, though, I'd like to see one of them run away with it. Ideally, I'd like to see Evan Brown say, no, 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 I am the center of this team. I am going to be the center mouthpiece of this team and this group up front, and we're going to move it forward. So uh, along those lines, uh, I don't know who exactly the defensive tackle or two that's going to be added to this roster in the next 40 days, but I think everybody in the organization (laughs) understands that's the biggest need. I'm around everybody in the organization from the secretary to the general manager, they know that that is kind of like the Mariners knew going into this year, they needed another bat. I, I think that there is a very strong comparison. And I hope in this case that the Seahawks in the next 30 to 40 days find a trade partner, find a, an available difference maker. Whereas the Mariners in, in through spring training kind of looked at that and went, no, we'll go Listella and Hummel and we'll figure it out, right? We got enough other depth pieces. We'll kind of figure that DH out, and that didn't work really well. And it's not going to work really well if there's no additions. I mean, it's just it's just not. I mean, Cam Young's a, a nice young player. You'd love to see him rotate in, not take significant snaps right out the gate. So who that player is going to be, I don't know. But I think everyone knows <laughs> 
they are still a player or two away. Yeah, well, it, it seems clear. Mine on those lines was I don't know what their DL rotation is going to look like, but I think they're really going to struggle badly to stop the run as the team is currently constituted. So let's hope you're right and that there is a nose tackle Along those another lines, guy who's going to come uh, in here soon. Do you see Big Al Woods coming? I did. Yeah, I actually have some of that. He didn't love playing here last year, it sounds like. was not <laughs> wild about the system that they had put in place where uh, they were running that 3-4. Here's mm-hmm. Big Al talking about it in New York. Just want to do something different. Been in a 3-4 a long time, so I was just tired of like catching and reading. You know, I would stand on the sideline and watch other teams play, and I'm like, damn, I want to play like that. That's <laughs> fun. So that's why. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, is that real or is that just something you're saying to your new team? I think that a little of both. I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. But I think Pete and John look at it and go, God bless you, Al. Like, go try to be Aaron Donald then, <laughs> you know, especially your age and stage of your career. I think we put you in a pretty good position right. to have success. And you love the sushi in town. Arguably the most success that he's ever had. I right. mean, like, he's kind of had his best years here. So, yeah. anyway, uh, I'll give you a different one then. I don't know if Devin Witherspoon is a lockdown corner yet. But I think teams are going to have to really game plan around the two starting cornerbacks on this team and figure out where they're going to throw. And it's probably going to have to be in the middle of the field, which is going to make the nickel all the more important. Have you watched any of the QB documentary yet? I haven't. You haven't yet? No. If, uh, Justin or, or Maura, you guys watched any of the QB yeah. documentary? I'm almost done with it. I have one yeah. episode left. You have uh, one, same. too? One left as well. Okay, all three of us. And I've been holding off because I think I I know there's a there's a, a moment in that episode I don't want to watch. Yeah, it's all a, oh, AFC Championship yeah, game. Yeah, I, I think dump. we can guess. That's yeah, see yeah, Burrowhead and all of that's going to yeah. come to light. Yes, in the final episode, it's. I mean, it is it is really well done and it's fascinating, and especially watching it with Titus. And I've watched most of them with Titus, just to compare and contrast the the different guys and. The way that Mahomes communicates versus Kirk Cousins, he keeps calling him grandpa. I'm like, no, homeschool. Not, not he's not a grandpa. He's he's a homeschool guy. <laughs> I say all of that because he was referencing New England, and when he played the Patriots, I think on a on a Thursday night or something like that. And Cousins like, oh, they play so much man, and all this man coverage, and all this man, and what man affords you within your front, and and what you're able to do. If those two can do, if Tariq can build, and Devin's who they think they are. You're going to be a nasty, nasty man, press man, who you're going to have to deal with us kind of team. And uh, those are fun. Those are really fun defenses, as we know. Now they did it playing more zone, but they mixed in some of their man with their one, you know, one high concept mm-hmm. in the years before. But yes, so to that to that point, those two could be fun. And a parallel for me is I don't know how creative or innovative Clint Hurt can be. I really don't. There were times last year, and KJ would talk about it on Wednesdays. Like I need more. I mean, I need more out of this. So I don't know how creative he can be, but I think the added personnel and the unique talents of those players in the secondary are going to push Pete and Clint to some new levels. That here's Julian, here's Kobe, here's Devin, here's Mike Jackson, here's some cover guys now. Jamal. Yeah, here's Jamal eventually. Here's Quandre on the back end of it that can handle a little bit more, that's got a volume and a background to be able to protect and cover the back end of it a little bit better. So... I, I don't know how much horsepower is there, you know, but I do know that the players and the chess pieces can be moved around in some ways that they haven't been in the years prior. Yeah, they're probably going to need to. They're going to have to figure out something with this defense to, to improve over where it's been. To the offensive side of it, I don't know if Geno Smith can win a Super Bowl. I really don't. I mean that. I don't know. You don't see him lifting the Lombardi trophy. It's hard for me, much like it was for you with Sean Payton. I don't know if Geno can win a Super Bowl, but I don't think last year was a fluke. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I think what he did last year was legitimate. I think he can do it again. Can he build on it and be better than that and win a Super Bowl? That's a test. Like, I don't know whether I'm there yet, but he sure surprised the heck out of me last year. And if he does it again, that would be awesome. I don't think last year was a fluke, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's a good quarterback. Yeah, I think when you're double A, anticipation and accuracy are at the levels his were mm-hmm. throughout every snap of every game. That is a sustainable. Those are sustainable traits. It keeps guys in the league a long, long time, and you tend to be pretty efficient, which he was last year as well. Uh, I'll give you one last one, and maybe this we can further this dialogue over the course of the week. I don't know what or how the final receiving numbers of this group are going to compare with the best in the league, but I think if DK, Tyler, and Jackson stay healthy, it will be the best trio in franchise history. I mean, if, if those guys can play 16 or 17 games, I think their numbers will be the best in the history of this franchise. There have been some. There have been some good groups. There have been some. You know, certainly Matt Hasselback had some years with some big numbers, and Bobby and Daryl and Crew, you know, um, put up some significant numbers. But the three of them, Not like this. I mean, you're talking about. I mean, an otherworldly athlete, one of the most underrated wide receivers we've ever seen, and Tyler Lockett is always open, does everything well, and, and then the a potential guy, for a guy could be better than anybody. And the guy at the two levels before this level, and it's a big step. From high school to Ohio State was a big step. Ohio State to the NFL is a big step. But the Buckeye receivers have shown you they can make that step. Did you see the play that uh, Garrett Wilson made the other day in practice? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> On sauce. It's, yeah. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. But that guy, all Jackson has done at those two levels is dominate mm-hmm. and set records and be productive. Yeah, and if he and those other two stay healthy this year, this will be the best trio in the history of this franchise. That'll be pretty darn fun. So those are some things we don't know yet. We're going to start to learn more as camp starts on uh, Wednesday. Seattle Sports is the home for the Seahawks and your only home for training camp coverage starting Wednesday, as I said. Broadcasting live from the sidelines uh, from 10 a.m. on and taking you behind the scenes as the Seahawks get ready for the 2023 campaign. Don't miss a minute with the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. The Mariners had an opportunity right there in front of them to complete a great weekend. Sweep the Blue Jays, win four in a row, and all of a sudden it's a pretty different conversation about them again. They get themselves right back into it. Can one game be the difference between in and out? No, not on July 24th, but it sure feels that way as you watch and follow this team. And the opportunity, unfortunately, got away from them yesterday. They put the tying and winning runs on base with nobody out. They bunted them over to the second and third. Then Julio struck out, and Eugenio didn't quite get it. 4-3 Toronto. The pitch. Fly ball, left field. Going back is Merrifield. Towards the corner, makes the catch. Toronto wins the ball game 4-3. I like that sound because I think it really accurately describes how the game fell. All the excitement, all the anticipation. You had the opportunity. I've used that word three times in a row to get over the hump there, just like you did the two games before it. And instead, strikeout from Julio, fly ball from Suarez, and it just kind of comes crashing down the energy level. Baseball is so fascinating. Friday, John Schneider, not the GM, but the manager of the Blue Jays, decides in a very similar situation Mm -hmm. to walk Julio. And Teo delivers with two outs and just hits a screaming Mimi off the right field wall. Second and third. And maybe that was part of why Scott did bunt him. Not only to give Julio an opportunity that he's had multiple times this year, in fact, 12 
times with runners on in the ninth inning and clutch moments to get it done. He's walked once. He's 0 for the other 11. Scott put him in that situation, maybe anticipating that they were going to walk him and get to Suarez and get to Teo once again. But this time the Blue Jays skipper said no. Maybe looked at those notes and went, oh, that's right. In these leverage moments this year, the kid's 0 for 11. And, well, he was... Over oh, 12 after, unfortunately, that strikeout. <laughs> yeah, it was now. really just a, a lost chance for them. Scott, though, choosing to look at some of the positive from the weekend. Awesome series. I think our guys played their tail off. Couldn't ask for anything more uh, from our group. Um, you're hoping, to, like I said, get a little bit more magic there at the end. Just didn't happen today. So, uh, go out on the road trip. I think, you know, overall, uh, the homestand you know, started off a little rough. Uh, love the way we're playing right now. Uh, just the energy, the competitiveness that we have. Uh, knowing that we're not going to quit during every game. And you know, you're seeing that with the effort our guys are giving. I mean, that so. was true. They don't give up. They don't quit, which is why I think the calls for Scott Service's job are ludicrous. The team does continue to play hard. They do continue to go out and do those things. And they finally won some more one-run games, right? I, Friday I, and Saturday. And they finally came back, and they put themselves again right there. And you're right, one seat, one game does not define 162, but the difference between leaving home at 51 and 48, two and a half games back, winners of four in a row, an opportunity to win a fifth in a row, which they've not done this year, it just wasn't meant to be. Well, they do go out in the road. Uh, they are eight and a half out in the division, four and a half in the wild card. Uh, they go to Minnesota and then Arizona, 440 start today, Luis Castillo on the hill. Here's the second thing you need to know. Training camp almost upon us. Just a couple more days. Tomorrow will be Erev training camp. That's uh, what you call the night before Jewish holiday. It's oh, Erev, nice. like Erev Rosh Hashanah, uh-huh. Erev Yom Kippur. Tomorrow will be Erev training camp for the Seahawks. And uh, not as much mystery at the quarterback position as there was last year. This is Geno Smith's job. And based on what we saw in minicamp, He's embraced that and looked like a number one quarterback, a guy who, as you pointed out earlier, Brock, was correctly rated finally this year in Madden. Yeah, number 12 overall when it came to the Madden ratings, which is the best of any of these lists, any of these ratings. A lot of the other pundits and tiers continue to knock him down. But performance last year, he's absolutely worthy of it. His performance throwing the first pitch yesterday, pretty good. I think went a little off speed. Didn't try to throw the uh, the old fastball into home plate yesterday as he threw out the first pitch. I think appropriately so to get ready for this training camp. Keep an eye on the physicals. Those will come out tomorrow. So today, the, the coaches and the staff and everybody gets to work. Uh, tomorrow, the physicals go get underway from kind of beginning to end. Wednesday, they hit the field. Who starts on pup? There's always seemingly a surprise every year. Something happens. Someone you're expecting, True. someone you think is going to hit the ground running. I fully expect Jordan Brooks and Jamal Adams to be on that pup list. They will not pass their physical. But beyond that, keep an eye on Abe Lucas. Keep an eye on Kobe Bryant. And keep an eye on a possible surprise out there as well. Here's the third thing you need to know. Speaking of surprises, none bigger than the end of the Open Championship this weekend. And Harmon makes his history at Hoylake. What Harmon is that? Oh, Brian Harmon, the little lefty, Brock. When I- Any relation to Butch? Butch? I don't think so. Uh-uh. I think they... S- no. No. Uh, when I was a kid, my favorite book... Read those Matt Christopher books as a kid. Do you remember those? All the sports books by Matt Christopher? I did, yes. Yes. Little lefty. 
my absolute favorite, and that's wow. Brian Harmon. That was about a lefty pitcher. He's a lefty golfer. There aren't many of them, but it sure seemed to help him get around that course at Royal Liverpool. Pretty crazy. He said afterwards that since 2017, nobody on tours has many top tens, but he's not one. And winning that one just changes your life. $3 million, obviously, for the winning, but you're then always a major winner. Mm-hmm. And if that guy walked in this building today, right, and all of the non-sports fans in this building, right, uh, he'd be, he, well, I think he and Dave Ross would look about eye to eye. And he'd be about as unassuming as anybody. But he's got an amazing skill set, amazing fortitude to stick with it. And in a game where there's bigger and there's stronger and faster all around him, he proves that skill can still get it done. Well, speaking of skills, the uh, Kraken get a deal done over the weekend, I guess on Friday, with Vince Dunn. He's going to be their new highest paid player, a $29.4 million deal for the next four years. They avoid arbitration, and that could be it for them this offseason. That is everything you need to know. Quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk Show. Let me add one more thing. This from, <coughs> excuse me, John Morosi just a few minutes ago. He writes, the Angels have communicated about Shohei Otani trade scenarios with other teams in recent days. Mm. Even as they have won six of eight, the possibility of an Otani trade remains. The Angels are at 9.6% in the latest baseball reference playoff odds projection. Mm-hmm. I have been sort of under the impression that they won't trade him. That's my gut, is that it's so hard to get a deal like that done. And if my I gut were them, is the Yankees will trade for him. My gut is that in this day and age... Uh, of, with three wild cards that somebody will trade for him. I wouldn't trade him if I were in a home. But my gut also tells me Artie Moreno, over his dead body, will right. trade him to Jerry There's Depoto. no chance he's being traded here. When they've communicated with teams, I would be very surprised if they've even communicated with the Mariners. That relationship after Jerry, for those who don't know, Jerry worked for Artie Moreno, was the GM in Anaheim. They don't seem to be fond of each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is some nasty organizational history between the two teams. And I don't, I don't see the Mariners trading for him. That doesn't mean they couldn't go out and try to sign him this offseason. Yep. But in terms of coming up with a deal while it's a fun conversation, you know, sort of like, hey, would you? But I don't think there's actually a realistic Would it be better or worse to play no role whatsoever if he is traded as far as signing him in a free agency? Would it be better if he's just in Anaheim for the next two months or better that he actually gets out of Anaheim, experiences someplace else? Do you think it's better? Well, I think it would be better for him to stay in Anaheim. That That is, I think, the best scenario if you're hoping to get him. I think if he goes to New York, that could be okay because assuming he hates it, like most good-hearted people, you know, you'll want to come back to the West Coast after that, and that would probably be a positive. You're welcome. I did you. Well, I that. appreciate that. Uh-huh. If he goes to San Francisco or San Diego or something like that, well, it's a little bit of a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Could San Diego possibly still have enough prospects to get Otani after trading for Soto last year? Uh, I don't think they do. I don't think. I can't imagine they have enough prospects in that organization, but yeah. we'll see. Pretty crazy. They have to listen, by the way. I mean, if, if you're the oh, yeah, listen. Yes, I don't think you can trade him. I think you you. If it were me, I would not give up trying to resign him until I had to. Yeah. Like I, I would. He is so valuable. I don't think I could do it because he's just that big a deal, both in terms of what he brings to the team and what he brings in from a revenue standpoint. Mm-hmm. I just. I don't think I could pull that off. I'll tell you what. At some point, Julio Rodriguez is going to need to come through in the clutch. Scott Service was asked about it after the game yesterday, and I think his answer is a very telling window in to what is ailing Julio Rodriguez. We'll play it for you next. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com.
You're listening to Brock and Song. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. We got a pretty good ranked coming up in 15 minutes. Hope you'll enjoy it. Brock, it's good to have you in the building today as we kind of try to figure out where the Mariners are at. And Julio Rodriguez strikes out with the base, or not the bases loaded, second and third, one out yesterday. It's just. It's just brutal. It's a yeah. brutal, brutal strikeout. Before, before it you not a good at bad. Before you get there, can I confess something? Oh, jeez. Here kinda, we go. Especially with Justin and Mora. You kind of were family. I've been sitting on this. I uh, I almost broke my ankle. Yep, mountain biking. And... <laughs> I thought we like. I thought we decided Rock. you can't do this anymore. You've already like, almost killed yourself. Like this three is not. Times. This is not I a sport for you. Have my shoe on, sock on. I've got a kinkle down here. Like I flew over the top of my handlebars again. Again? How many times is wow. that? Three. That's three. Rock the king of endos. Yeah. And oh. did Molly show me any compassion when I came in bloodied? I hope not. Scraped. I hope not. Limping, curious, and then you know, she did not. Good. She showed me none. And I said, where's the compassion? And she's like, you're an idiot. Like, yeah. this is now, like, what, what has to happen? Tough love. And I was an idiot. I was going downhill, dumb, kind of gaining speed while I was trying to, like, with one hand, drink my water bottle and the what? other. Yeah. And then I braked, and then with just one brake. You just did the front brake? Yeah. Those disc brakes are tough just, these days. Yep, just the left hand. I was drinking, yeah. But you should know that you can't just do the front. I mean, Brock, I haven't ridden a yep. bike since I was a little kid, basically. I know. Even I know not to do the left brake by, by itself. Yep, well, I didn't. So, <laughs> Thankfully, you I didn't. You just really love you know. it that much? Yeah, that it's it's a great workout, yeah. <laughs> my heart rate to 183. <laughs> going up many like great a, workouts. I know, but a spin it's class. great. Did anybody, yeah. did anybody see it? Thank God, no. no. <laughs> but I got up and I was like, okay, nothing's broken. Nothing's broken. Nothing's broken, right? And then all of a sudden my sock filling up with blood. I oh, mean, no. You're like Kurt Schilling. Oh, it was nasty. In more ways than so one. So I just wanted to confess that. Anywho, yep, I don't know what that has to do with Julio's at bat, but maybe you can make a good segue out of it because it was pretty uncomfortable. Oh, sorry. I was taking cheap shots at you now. Yeah. I need to go talk about Julio instead. <laughs> Julio's at bat was, uh, what did you call it, Justin? An endo? An endo, yeah. Go over the end over end? And, yeah. Is that what that means? Endo. Not fun. Well, this one was basically the endo of the game because it didn't end well for the Mariners. Uh, Julio up with two on. They bunted to they get... They bunted him, put him in that position. Scott put him in the position. They sure did. Maybe he thought that they would walk him again and get to Teo, but obviously, or Suarez and then Teo. That obviously didn't work on Friday night, so I'm not surprised that they decided to pitch to Julio. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, watching the game Friday... I was both shocked and relieved when they walked Julio. I was yeah. like, oh, really? Okay. Because I was very much of the belief that Julio was, again, not going to come through I reached out to I reached out to Luke Arkins, our, our buddy over there on Twitter, who we love, who does some amazing writing, amazing work, and just said, hey, has Julio, remind me this year, has Julio had a clutch hit in these moments, in the ninth inning this year, with runners on, or tying run aboard, or, you know, the different clutch situations, and um, that was his 11th. 11th opportunity. He struck out 8 of 11 Jeez. Times. He has struck out 8 of 11. JP is the best on the team in that situation. Mm. 3 of 15, couple walks. Cal, like, like Julio's 0 for 9 with 6 strikeouts himself, too. But Julio, 0 for 11, a walk, and 8, eight strikeouts, unfortunately, when put in that situation. And I think that's what Mr. Schneider, the, G, the manager, not the GM of the Seahawks, the manager of the Blue Jays, finally looked at his sheets and said, hold on a second. Instead of walking him, 
let's put him in this situation. And it's a situation right now, so I don't feel like Julio in any way is overwhelmed. I don't feel like he's not ready for this. I know his skipper, and he is still amazingly young. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he should be equipped to put the ball in play. You would certainly think so. Here's what Scott said after the game yesterday. I think at times, not just Julio, but a lot of young players. You know, you you want to be the guy. You want to, you know, he wants so much uh, for our team to move forward. And you know, he's grinding. He's trying. And sometimes, you know, you try a little too hard uh, in those spots. I thought, you know, what Teo did the other night. You know, he went up to the the bat, and again, Teo's <laughs> got. Uh, many more years, many more at-bats than some of our younger guys, but very definite, clear plan. He's going to take it the other way and, and go from there. And, you know, our players will learn that, the younger guys. You know, the more experience they get, that's part of maturing, um, you know, in this league because they are going to pitch you a certain way. Uh, but, you know, just wasn't able to get it done today. Julio and Cal, in those moments, in the ninth inning, runners run aboard, tying run aboard, just a clutch moment, are a combined 0 for 20 with 14 strikeouts. <laughs> 0 for 20 with 14 strikeouts and one walk. Julio had, did have a big walk in one of those situations and passed the baton and moved it along. But outside of that, 0 for 20 with 14 strikeouts mm. between those two young players. So is it just a matter of experience? Is it just and, – and I appreciate Cal, and we've seen him in other moments kind of choke up and, and shorten. It, it's in those moments, and I get – and you could hear this on the broadcast yesterday. Dave Sims has talked about this. You know, when you get in a favorable count, man, let it loose. Step on the gas. Go for it. But then when you're in a situation where you got to scrap and claw and fight and just put the ball in play – that's not happening. Eight strikeouts in those eleven different opportunities this year. So what's the what's well, what I hear is Scott Service for the second time being pretty honest and speaking to Julio through the media. Yep. Second time in about a month, right? Last time it happened, he was saying, "Well, you got to be willing to listen, right? There's a lot of information, but mm-hmm. you got to be willing to hear it." Mm-hmm. This time he's saying, "Yeah, if you don't go up to a bat with a plan late in the game." It's going to burn you, mm-hmm. and Julio will learn that. I think there's some wishful thinking, perhaps a little bit, in terms of hoping that Julio is going to learn it and that if he says it like that, it'll manifest into becoming true. Uh, you got to go up there. And Brock, you were given his numbers. Okay, so for 12, he doesn't need a hit. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that's so maddening. Yes, a hit would be great. Just Suarez. Just do what Suarez did Why in the about Why is he swinging for the fences? I, I don't know. There is no need. A home run, first of all, is no better than a hit. Literally, it's not better. And the one thing you need to do, especially at home, is just find a way to drive in the run. And it, 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 he he got a couple of pitches that were hittable, mm-hmm. and then he swung at two pitches that were not. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that was just so frustrating is – you know what they're trying to do to you. You know how you've got to shorten up. You know all of the things that are going to... I'm and not saying you, he's got to choke know, up, but my God, man, shorten year, the swing. And you know, last year you saw it in, mom, in big moments. As the stage got brighter and the lights got bigger, he often performed his very best. So is this a matter of the league adjusting? I mean, some of it is because the league has done that all year. I mean, like... Pitch the him fact hard that he's, inside, throw it down and yeah. away. It's, I mean, yep. Some of it is his inability to react to what they've done against him all year long. Mm-hmm. But some of it is not having the right plan in those moments. And I think that's what Scott seems to understand and, and is telling us, telling the world and sort of telling Julio. He's got to have to figure this out, right? I mean, he's too important so to piece. So you move him down in the lineup? They've done it, right? I uh, not a lot. 
Not for many games, right? Not not too often this year. I think he's hitting the first three spots for the majority of the 100 games. So, yeah, I think there was a, a couple games, stretch. Well, you're running out of room at the bottom of the lineup. <laughs> you can't move everybody down there. No. They've already Aww. moved Ty France down Aww. there. How many people can you move to the bottom of the lineup? <laughs> no, I mean, like, there's only three spots down there. How many people do you want to put? Yeah. You want to move Colton Wong up to the top? Yeah. Right? Ty no. France hasn't done anything to nope. deserve moving back up. Nope. I mean, Brock, there's only so much room at the bottom of the lineup. Uh, but Mike Ford's second. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> well, Mike Ford's already hitting fourth or fifth. Yeah. And there's only so much space in a lineup. Correct. How low do you want the poor guy to go? Correct. Yeah, I, I this of all the things that have been problematic for the Seahawks this year, or for the Mariners this year, this has yeah. probably been number one. I mean, we can talk about Ty France not living up to the expectation. It's hurt. Can talk about a Eugenio. It's hurt. Mm-hmm. You can talk about about Teo. It's hurt. Colton Wong hurt. All of those things have hurt their ability to live up to their billing, mm-hmm. but none more so than Julio in the big moments and overall. I mean, look, he's still having a decent season, as you said. Two point four more 2. second on your roster. Some of that is due to his defense, which has been spectacular yesterday, notwithstanding when he lost the ball in the sun. But in general, his defense has been spectacular. 23 stolen bases. base running is excellent. He does so many things right, and he's got pop. I mean, he took a month off from hitting home runs, but now he seems to have hit another one, which is exciting. I I just, at some point, that approach Mm -hmm. is going to be the last thing to come for him. And when it does, remember, this is a guy who didn't have a lot of minor league time. Right. When that approach comes, when that plan comes in big moments, he's going to be one of the best in the league. And I think the Mariners are really going to reap the rewards of it. In the meantime, if Julio could have come through in some of those spots, you've got a completely different season on your hands. You're four or five games over 500, more than likely. You're right there with the Red Sox and the Yankees, a a game out of Toronto. And and yet with all of that, you still I mean, with, with all of that said, game 100 tonight in Minnesota. You still, over the next 63, because of your pitching, Mm -hmm. because how good that group has been and your bullpen has been, they have given you an opportunity and kept you afloat. I mean, Mike, if if, if it weren't for this pitching, you look at these numbers, right, and you start to run through the war – you know what Ty France's wins above replacement is right about up now? Point four. Yep, zero point four. Woo, exactly, nailed it. Exactly. Wow. wow. Exactly. That was a guess. What it is? He feels like a point four win player. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anybody else? Suarez. You I'm know gonna what his war is? I'm going to guess a one point one. Okay, knock it off. You serious? Yes. Stop it. <laughs> are you looking at the screen? I, what, you, what, what are you doing right now? Not. Oh, you're definitely not because you don't even have your Ebenezer's on. Wow. Absolutely nailed it. No wonder you want to be a dealer on the craps table. I was going to say, this is good. Back to Nine, his center of the field. Okay, Nine, so center of the field. Were you looking at this last night? No, I honestly have you not. Really Those are just not. wild guesses. Okay, so Ty is a 0.4. Okay. Suarez well, is a 1.1. What is Cal this year? Uh, point 0.3. Point 0.2. Close on 0.3. 1.3. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's better than what I guess. Well, again, better than I did guess. I think that's some of the catching and some of the other things right. that he's some able to do. Some of the defensive metrics. Tyke just can't bring that mm-hmm. in first base. Okay, well, that's good. That's better than I would have guessed. And our great Colton Wong. Oh, I saw this one. It's like a negative, yeah. what is it, a negative 1.4? Yeah. Yeah. I saw that one the other day. That, was, that one I saw. 1.4. Yeah, it's brutal. I mean, with these numbers, this team. Why do you team, think Colton Wong's playing? By the way. I've wh- been thinking about this. Why do you think Colton Wong is playing? Because there's nobody else. I mean, there's Cabby, but Cabby has shown you. And by the way, Cabby in those situations also 0 for 8 There's this year. two potential reasons for me. One, 
he's trying to prevent Caballero from being exposed, mm-hmm. right? Like, hey, trust me, I'm trying to maneuver to get this guy in the right positions for him to succeed. And if he plays every day, you're going to have to send him back to AAA because he's just fully not that believe good. that, yeah. The other is probably not true, but I've seen it happen in the past, so I'll at least throw it out there. I don't think this is happening with the Mariners, but I've seen it certainly in my time with the Red Sox. Oh, you want to keep this guy on my roster? Fine, I'm going to keep rolling him out there. Like, this is what you're giving me? Cool. He's going to play second base. Okay. When are you going? Like, literally, you're trying to get the guy off your team, and you're upset at your GM for not getting rid of him for you, so you just keep playing him out of spite. Mm. I don't think that's what's happening. I've seen it happen in other organizations. Yeah. Jerry and Scott are on pretty good terms. I don't think that's what's going on here. Yep. I think it's the first thing. Yes. But when you see a guy who's that bad, a negative 1.4 war, 100 games into the season, continuing right. to get ABs, right. I, I can't help but think there's got to be a, some sort of an ulterior motive of some sort. There'll be a 208 slugging as well, by the way. Uh, that's inconscionable. A, a 208 slugging. That's hard. It's almost impossible to do. In today's baseball, a two-way. Who's got like last? Flying over the handlebar of a bike three times. Pretty much. Who's lastly? Who's got a higher WAR, Cabby or Teo? <sighs> Cabby. Exactly the same. No. Actually. Wow. Look at that. One point six. One point six. Yeah. That's pretty good for Caballero, man. Guy hasn't been up all year. It years is pretty already. good for Gabby. What's Mike Ford in his short amount of time uh, here? You didn't write yeah. that one down. No, he's like less than one actually. Oh, really? Surprisingly, yeah. I think he. I think he's about a ten. <laughs> on my scale, he's a ten. She's a ten. A ten. A ten. Yes. Well, we only rank top five, but uh, we'll see if we can do it right now. It is time, Brock, for ranked. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwumfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is Ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. What's going on with the blinking yellow lights in there, Maura? It looked like somebody was getting towed or something. Well, engineering gave us this fancy new tower. Yeah. So now I think we were getting an EAS alert transmitted oh, from another station if you need to know but yeah now there's yeah. different things that when the phone rings we have a different light so you're going to see some flashing lights going on so you know what's amazing all distracting while you're trying to do a radio no. here's what's amazing <laughs> about great. that little totem pole of lights so is that white on the very bottom yeah. yes yeah oh you're you're testing your colorblind no skills here? no change the other four look the same <laughs> they don't look the same but it is it's just a from bottom out. to top it goes white orange blue red green yeah they all look the okay. same to you. Yeah. Wow. No, 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 no. They don't all look the same. I knew the second one up from white was either green or Dear tan Lord. or orangish. Why don't you wear those glasses? The, because it, it, those work outside. But they, they also don't, don't tell you in your ear, oh, this is blue. This is purple. <laughs> the middle one is either blue or purple. It's blue. It's blue? Yeah. Above it's either brown or red. That's red. And I don't know what the Brown top. lights are uncommon. <laughs> What's at the top? Green. Is green all the right. hardest? Green means go. Green, orange, brown, blue, purple. Green, green means Struggle. go. Justin, what are we ranking today? Today is Wish, Salk. It was because last night, doing a bunch of research here, so catching up after a bunch of time off, Yes, I realized how much closer we were to the deadline, and I found all these articles about teams that have players on their wish list okay. for the trade deadline. So, oh. Wish. So, Wishes ranked. Right. Scale what? of 1 to 10. Yeah. How great was your scooter trip? Oh, it was fantastic. 10? Was, yeah, minus wow. going through Yakima, where it was 101, and everybody's... Jeez. Did you go to Miners? Huckleberry no, Milkshake? couldn't stop. Everybody's bikes kept it's overheating. Too hot. We'd oh. come to a stop, because these are all air-cooled little machines. Ah. We'd just start dying. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you ready for some wishes, bro? I am, yeah. Ready for some honorable mentions, like sure. free? All the time. 
Wishing well. You free. know that one, right? Free, huh? Free. Wishing well. Paul Rogers, free. He went on to be in Bad Company. Oh, he did. You know uh, All Right Now or... Sure. You know some free. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> 70s? This is The Revivalist? Yeah. That was a huge song on Alternative Radio. Yeah, I know that song. Yeah. Never heard the first two songs so far. Wow. Brock, I know you, Brock, I know you love the wishbone. Like as in the chicken bone or the well, scheme? I mean, or whichever. Both. I meant the salad dressing, <laughs> but whichever. There's also the TV theme. I remember this. What, what is, is that? that? PBS kids show in the mid-90s. Oh. Was wishbone. The main character was a little Jack Russell Terrier named Wishbone. It's weird that I wasn't watching PBS kids shows when I was in high school. <laughs> very very surprising. Uh, just for you, Justin, there's some incubus in here. Yeah. It's an album. Morning I have against album. Incubus. I don't like Incubus. Never have. Probably. That doesn't answer the question. You guys blare. I don't have anything against them. I just <laughs> don't you, like uh, them. Y'all blare music on your scooters? We have uh, intercoms that we can talk to each other with, which, Brock, you would know if you watched our movie. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that in the movie. I knew the <laughs> answer on, to that. It's on my wish list. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was on my wish list. That's right. good. Yeah, Thank that's you. Well, maybe you can wish upon a star like Jiminy Cricket. You can mm-hmm. make that whole thing happen. Uh, let's see. Brock, you got Nick Swisher. Baseball that player. One. I like that one. You know that one? Wow. That's a stretch. When you go to uh, get a burger somewhere, you could get some Worcestershire sauce. (laughs) That's so stupid, you couldn't even say it. Yeah. Yeah. And on a burger? No, a steak. That's weird. You can put it on a burger. Sometimes I use it as like a marinade on a burger. Your Worcestershire sauce? Worcestershire sauce, yes. (laughs) And then I watch some uh, Vitaly Wishnewski, who used to play for the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. More I wishes that ranked was over. (laughs) Couple texts. Every day. I wish you weren't a liar. Every year, uh, Steve Martin does his uh, If I Had One Wish Before Christmas. Do you know that? It's a great bit. Anyway. Who is that I Wish You Weren't a Liar? Who is that? It's Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. It's from an SNL sketch. When you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you are. (laughs) There you go. Uh, if you remember the movie Goonies, the wishing well plays a big part in that with all the coins. This oh, is yeah. a wishing well. Look. Hey, you guys, look. look. It must be the old Moss Garden wishing well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very excited about that. I love that one. Justin wanted me to make sure to get some Rascal Flats in here. Okay. My wish for you is that this Also, the theme for the ESPN feature, My Wish. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. I'm sure Brock knows. This one was just outside the top five. Who is that? Yep. Is that Tina? That's, uh, that's a man singing. <laughs> <laughs> that is Sananda Matraya. Oh. Something like that. A lot of hits. Don't worry about it. Well, I was sitting, waiting, wishing you believed in superstition. That's Jack Johnson. Maybe you'd see yeah. the sun. Good album, too. Did you see the Luke Combs Make-A-Wish this weekend? I just started watching Dude, it. I haven't got to finish so it yet. The little kid on stage with him? Yes. Yeah. I got to finish, finish that. You know, he did the cover for Tracy Chapman's Fast Car. He did? Did it very well, by the way. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. I wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a. That was all he had. 
That's Skilo. That's Skilo? Skilo, what I wish. Brock only knows the wish I was a little bit taller part. Do you wish you were taller? And I wish I was a baller. I know those two. <laughs> I wish I was. Taller. Neither of those things are true, though. You do not wish you were any taller. No. You're very thankful you're not shorter. Correct. Yeah. I kind of get that sense. my dad used to say all the time. You can wish in one hand. Yeah. See which one fills up first. <laughs> Of course, you got Charles Bronson, Death Wish. Hurry up, let's Remember go. Come movies. on, we've been good right. on the clock all day today. Let's Jeez. go. Get to your five. All right, you ready for the top yes. five? Let's go. Number five, Brock, uh, is an album. So the uh, the song won't necessarily fit, okay. but the album does. I'm just looking for it here. Where'd it go? Uh, oh. Here it is. Tuesday's gray and Wednesday too. It's Friday, I'm in love. Yeah, it's The Cure, the ah, album called yeah. Wish. Wish. Yeah. Pretty legendary. It is. Number uh-huh. five. Glad we got it. 509 says, I wish Salk would brush his teeth twice a day. Oh, jeez. Number four. <laughs> wishbone. Another Wishbone. This one. Both, both dogs has made their way into the top five a lot. They really have. Hard not to. Do you know that acid wash is coming back? It is? Yep. That's exciting. Molly's got a pair of acid wash. She told me, yep, they're back in. I said, by who? Who's they that decides? I guess the fashionistas. The more people more was hanging out with this weekend. Did you see some acid wash at the... No, it was a little fancier than... It's couture. Because remember, it was acid wash jeans and jean jacket Mm. on my first date with Molly playing Bone Thugs and Harmony. Canadian tuxedo. You hear Bone Thugs and Harmony in your head when she came out in those jeans? Pretty much. Have you seen the uh, Have you seen the um, like TikTok video with the different like what it sounds like he's singing for that song? No, it's pretty good. I haven't. I'll see if I can find it for you guys. You guys like it. Number three. Rocks all over these. Yeah, good today. Very impressive. Wow. Love that. Go west. Go west. Fantastic. Go west, young man. Haven't you been told? I dropped a little uh, wishful thinking for Scott Service in the last 20 minutes. I wasn't sure if you caught that. No, There's one we people keep sending right. that I think you might not have it. Oh. Is it Rush Wish You Well? No, it's from a movie. Oh. Do you have a movie? Mm. Besides Death Wish? Princess Bride? As You Wish. Oh, As You Wish? Oh, oh that's a big miss. As You Wish. Big, big miss. As You Wish. Just watched that last week, too. Miss that big miss. <sighs> Glad we got Nick Swisher now. <laughs> that was important. <laughs> Number two is the Make a Wish Foundation. Huge what they do yep. and always great stories, etc. So that was number two on this list, Brock, which only leaves one more. I think this one's fairly obvious, right? Number one. People on the text line with it, though. Really? Yeah. People didn't come up with Pink Floyd? That beats out Make-A-Wish? Yeah. And all the good they do? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's good, but it's not Pink Floyd. Really? How many mixes has that been put on from, like, you know, teenage guys trying to get a girl? (laughs) Not Not as many as Pink Floyd's Wish You Were Here. I also can't believe you didn't play the Stevie Wonder. Oh, did I miss that? That was out. I figured that was going to be top five. No. Spoil it. Sorry about that. 
Here's a little Stevie Wonder for people. If you if you were missing it. Good one. What Will Smith song samples this? Wild Wild West. There you go. I knew it was something. Okay, well, that's going to do it for us. More, your wish has been granted. We're done for the day. (laughs) But don't worry. We'll come back and do it again tomorrow. We'll be in at 6 a.m. Hopefully passing? We think. I hope so. I'm wishing that his back is a little bit better. (laughs) Let's hopefully talk to Jeff tomorrow leading up to the trade deadline. Until then, the hay. See you, everybody. Get to the chopper!